take your Bibles this evening, turn with me to the book of, uh, book of John, the book of John chapter number 6 this evening, the book of John chapter number 6, John chapter number 6, we'll begin reading verse number 15, and then we'll read on down through verse number 21, but uh, John chapter number 6, verses 15 through 21, and uh, I'll read verse 15, you can join me on verse 16, and we'll read every other verse like that. Uh, down through verse number uh, 21. The Bible says, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when even was now come, his disciples went down into the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he saith unto them, It is I, be not afraid. And they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. I'll speak to you a message tonight is entitled this, Keep Rowing, Keep Rowing. And let's ask God to help us. Now, Father, thank you for this time tonight. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you would encourage us this evening, uh, Lord, to keep rowing. And, uh, Lord, it's, uh, it's something every one of us can do. And, uh, Lord, uh, I just pray that you would uh, help us to understand some things this evening in this message. Help me as I preach. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll speak to us. Lord, we're not here to be entertained tonight. We're not here... Uh, just to get some brownie points, but we're here. We need something. We always need something from you, and I, and I pray that tonight that you might give us something from your word. Thank you for all that is here tonight, and Lord, you know what we need. I pray you fit this message to every one of us, and if there be somebody here not saved, I pray they get saved tonight, and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, we just turned to the year 2023. Are you getting used to it yet, of writing the, name, the date of 2023? I, I still have to really think about it. I start writing 22, and, uh, uh, but uh, finally I'm starting to catch it there. I don't know. I probably will catch it probably around November. It'll all sink in. And, uh, but uh, here we are in, in the new year. And I have to say this tonight, that I'm, I'm rather surprised that we're still here. I really am. I'm really surprised we're still here. You say, preacher, you mean that you were planning on leaving or you were planning on dying? I wasn't planning on either one of those things. I've been planning on this. The Lord's coming again. And I just, I believe he's coming any moment. And, and I really, I just, I, I don't set dates. I think that's foolish. But I do believe that the Lord's coming soon. I know it's sooner today than it was yesterday. And tomorrow will be sooner yet. And so I look forward to his coming. But I, I really kind of thought that maybe, you know, the Lord would come before uh, this new year. And uh, I, I don't know, as long as I can remember, I think I've always uh, hoped for that. I'm longing for the coming of our Lord. It'll be good to get home, won't it? And, uh, but I thank the Lord I'm able to, you know, able to be here and, and we're able to serve the Lord here. God has a will. God has a plan. And God's calendar is on time. His watch is on time. His watch His time is exactly right. But uh, I, I, I think about the, the new year and I think, you know, I wonder what it has to offer. And, if, and then this past week we watched the Republicans trying to figure out who could be the Speaker of the House. 
And, uh, and I thought, you know what? If this is what the, the year's going to be like, we're in for a rough lot, ride, aren't we? And uh, they finally figured it out. And, and I tell you this, you know, it don't matter, Republican, Democrat, don't matter what, uh, God's still in charge. And, uh, but, I, but I look and I think, you know, our world is so messed up and mixed up and, and uh, so, so uh, I, don't, I don't know, just, just such a mess. But uh, I, I, I know that uh, I, I don't understand all that's going on and I see a lot of things that go on. And sometimes we kind of live a little bit of sheltered life, which is not bad. I, I talked to a man last night and, uh, or yesterday, soul winning, and he said that uh, he said he, he went to a Christian school all of his life and grew up in church. And his, he married a, a girl who did not have that type of life. And he said, she always says, I was sheltered. And I said, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, we shelter our children from bad things that would harm them. We shelter them from poison and, and, and rattlesnakes. Well, at least most families do. But uh, we shelter them from things that will harm them. And uh, uh, so it's not a bad thing, but I, I, I look and I, I think, you know, uh, what, is, what is happening in our world just keeps getting worse and worse. I don't see it getting better and better. Uh, it's not going to get better no matter who is in office today because there's a problem in the world today, and that problem is called sin. And uh, I, I, I don't think things are really going to get a whole lot better. If not, I, what I think is happening, and we see it happening, things keep getting worse. Uh, just, you just listen to the news and see what's happening in our world today. And, 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 I, and I focus it down into our country and what's happening in our country, and I think how sad it is and what we see. But I know this, that I'm not walking by sight. I'm walking by faith. My faith is in the Lord. My faith is not in the government. My faith is not in the world uh, or, or anything else. My faith is in the Lord. I walk by faith. I'm trusting him. I don't understand why everything happens the way it does. But I know that God's still on the throne. Amen. But we know that uh, uh, I, I don't know, and I like that little statement. I don't know, you know, uh, what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Uh, God's got it all taken care of. Well, we don't need to worry, don't need to fret. I think we ought to pray. We ought to do our best. I believe we need to reach as many as we can. We need to spread the gospel all that we can and uh, uh, preach this Bible. Uh, but uh, I, I know this. I know that, uh, uh, that, that God's still in charge. And we know that the problems that go on even, even today are not anything new. And uh, uh, these are problems that, uh, well, let's go with, go with me for a moment to Second Timothy if you want to. I'll read it to you. If you'd like to go over there, you can or just listen to it. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 10. And the Bible says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. Notice this in verse 11. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord, what did he do? Delivered me. Isn't that good? Delivered me. Notice what else he says, though. He says in verse 12, Yea, and all, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, what? Suffer persecution. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I'm not, I don't look forward to it. I don't like have, doing that. But I, I know verse 13 even, even goes on and says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
So the deceivers are only going to get worse, not going to get any better, and we, we see it all the time. I mean, things that you used to hear about that was, that was you know, uh, people whispered about now is in your face as if it's normal. Uh, they were whispered, and, and, and they were in the closet, they said, you know, and, and then what happens come out, and now it's right in our face and, and very blatant, and I think how sad it is. But, you know, that's the way it was when we read the Word of God and what I gave you in Second Timothy. That's the way things were happening back about 2,000 years ago. It hasn't really changed, has it? It's the same things that's happening even today. And, uh, and, and, and we know that God's clock is still ticking, and God's still on, on the throne but uh, in our story here, we find some things that, uh, that I think can help us in this new year and help us in our, in our life as we, as we serve the Lord. And uh, uh, some things that I believe can, can help us in the, in the, in the new year. And, uh, and so I think if we'll just listen to a story here that is very familiar to all of us probably. And uh, we find it in other Gospels too. We find it in Matthew and Mark. But uh, uh, we, we find... The story here that I, I think can really help us in, uh, this evening. And, uh, and, and what I find from this story here is, is these, these disciples have gone and they've gotten in the boat. And they begin to go over to Capernaum, the Bible said there. And uh, that's where they're headed. And uh, while they're headed there, it got really dark. And the waves begin to beat against the boat. And, and it became a very, I think, a very dangerous thing and a very scary thing. And these, were, these men, when they, they, had, they had toiled, the Bible says, and what they were going through, uh, I, I think there's some, some interesting things in this story that, that can help us. And what happened to them that night, they can help us through the, the darkness of the, di- the days that we're living in today. And uh, I still, I'm glad for this. I know it's a dark days we live in, but we have a bright, sunny, uh, 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 we have a, a light that shines brightly, and that's the Lord. And that's what we're supposed to do also, shine brightly. Let me give you a few things here tonight and uh, about this that I think can really help us that we can learn from this story. The first one is this, and it may sound a little strange when I say it and bring the point up and you almost want to say, well, I, I don't believe that. But the, but the fact of the matter is, the first thing here was the absence of the Lord. Now, I understand that the Bible tells us, and the Lord told us this, that he will never, never leave us or forsake us. I believe that, don't you? And yet, you say, preacher, but you just said that the, that, uh, uh, the absence of the Lord. Now, here's the thing. In, when these men were in the ship, Jesus was not there with them. He went, remember, we read in verse number 15, that he departed again into a mountain himself alone. He was not with the disciples. He was there on that mountain. He's praying, and the disciples are in the, in the boat, and they're, 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 they're rowing their way across on their way to Capernaum. And uh, his physical presence was not there. Now, I believe, you know, we don't have the physical uh, presence. Won't it be great when we get to heaven, we'll be able to see him physically? That would be so awesome and be able to see, his, see him. And, and, uh, uh, but right now, I cannot see him physically, but I believe he is with us even tonight. He promised that where be two or more gathered together, he said that he would be in the midst thereof. And we have that. And so I'm glad that he's with us. I like that song. He walks with me and he talks with me. I'm glad that he's always there. He never, never leaves me, never forsakes me and you either if you're his child. But I think about the situation there that, you know, I know the Lord is always present. And we, as I said, that he'll never leave us, forsake us. That's in Hebrews chapter number 13, verse number 5. But here's the thing. It was nighttime and it was dark 
and Jesus was not in the presence of those men. That's a scary thought. It was a scary scene for those men there too. It was dark. It was really dark as we read there in verse number 17. And entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark. And Jesus was not come to them. So we know the Lord was not there. And it was dark. Scary situation for them. And I thought, you know, well, we're in a dark time too. We live in a world that doesn't have a lot of light. It's hard to find even the lights on in a church on Sunday night today. It's hard to find, you know, a, a light in, in all the wickedness that goes on. And I think of all the murder of the babies. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just sad to see our nation where people will riot and throw fits for the right to kill babies. And, uh, I mean, I, I just, I just it's hard for me to, to fathom the wickedness of man. And I think about the sodomites and the wickedness of that. And, 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 and I see presidents where they're, they're, they're celebrating the awful sin of sodomy and, uh, and, and lifting that up. And they say, we want to make sure that we don't leave them out. Uh, my, I read my Bible, and God didn't act like the presidents that we've had recently do about that. But I look and I see about the murder of the babies and the sodomites and the lawlessness. And such lawlessness, you can hardly, hardly listen to the news. And every day you almost hear about a police officer that gets shot. And I think, what's such lawlessness and people that's trying to protect us and people are going out there and shooting them. And uh, just uh, I heard about one police officer just the other day shot in the face. And I think, you know how sad it is that someone would do something like that. And I think about the morality that's gone. And uh, now I, I, I know we mention about it and it's in our faces all the time, the new morality that's trying to teach our children. I mentioned this morning uh, that people, are, uh, the simplicity of Christ, we need to keep things simple. We live in a world today that our children are bombarded with most things that we never heard about until we were young adults or at least late in our teens. And now they're trying to enforce it on our boys and girls in our public school system. Public school system has had it. It has for a long time, and we're seeing the fruit of that. And I look, and I think the morality is gone. The corrupt government is, is, is in power. And, and uh, I look, and I see how the churches become apostate, don't preach the word of God. And they have no idea how many, how many times you run into folks and ask them, if you die today, you know you go to heaven. I mean, someone just told me they went to church, and then you ask them if they're saved, and they have no idea. And I'm like, what have you been doing Someone's not telling them how to be saved. A lot of folks today just don't believe it. I talked to a preacher this past week, and uh, he didn't answer the call until he was like 70 years old. And uh, I'm telling you, you know what? When, if God calls you, no matter what age, you serve God. And he said, I'm glad that I did. He said, but uh, he said, uh, 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 a man asked him one day about, well, how's your relationship with the Lord? And he said, uh, he says, well, I've been going to church all my life, and I do this and I do that. He said, I didn't ask you what you did. I asked you what's your relationship. He said, I stopped and realized I needed Jesus as my Savior. And I thought, you know, I'm glad that he, that he heard that gospel and he got saved. And he says, I want to tell other people about it too. And then we live in a time when good has become evil and evil's become good. And I have to say, you know what? We're kind of living in a time that though, like those men did that day, that night. We live in a dark time. Those men were in that ship and they're crossing the sea. And it's dark. It's dark. You know, it's bad enough when we think of all the things, the changes that are going on, but I, I, then I come to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 14, it tells me this, that we, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and listen to this, and carried about with every wind of doctrine. 
by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There's a lot of false doctrine out there today. And we need to be very careful about it. I've talked to men before and, and, and uh, preachers before that don't even know how that they're going to heaven. They don't even know. They say, well, they hope so. We found out this morning it's not a hope so, it's a no so. And it's simple, the simplicity of Christ. But we look and we see the doctrine so messed up. And I begin to think, well, no wonder when you take away the Bible, you're going to get messed up doctrine. I'm thankful for this King James Bible, amen, and I uh, thank the Lord for it. And, and uh, I think about the fearfulness today, and, and uh, people today are living in fear. And uh, you talk to folks, and, and let, let's be honest, I, I found this, outsowing is harder than it used to be. One reason is this, people are living in fear. They don't know who's at their door. You come up and you knock and you smile. Hopefully you're smiling, you know, and, and, uh, and you come to the door and you try to talk to them about the Lord and people are afraid. People live in fear today in our, in our, in our world. They live in fear, financial fear. You know, if you ever watch the stock markets, it's kind of a scary ride, isn't it? And you see, if you had a, 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 a what a 401, uh, what you saw it go from what it was wonderful to where it's not so wonderful, and you see it going down, and, and we wonder, and you listen to the news, and they go, man, this is really not good at all. And, and there's people living in fear. You say, preacher, we ought not. I understand that, but it does take money to live on, doesn't it? Takes money to pay your mortgage and pay rent and pay for your groceries and, and things like that. But people live in fear, financial fear. People live in fear of the unknown, fear of death. And uh, I think oftentimes we're kind of like those men that were in that ship, fearful. There they were in that ship. It was dark, and a storm comes up upon them. Things looked pretty bad, I believe, that, that night there for them. It was dark, and then the wind began to blow, and, and again, uh, uh, they, they just started, they, they started rowing. They were rowing all along, verse number 18, and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. And I think these men here, they, 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 the, the wind's been blowing here, and, and, and things aren't looking so good. And, and uh, what was, you say, preacher, what was happening here? I believe this is what was happening. And we need to understand this tonight, too, that God was testing them. God was seeing if they were going to be more fearful of the wind or are they going to trust me, he was saying. You know, God allows testing to come in our life too. I don't know what heartache may come in your life or what disaster may even come in your life. There could be a test there to see if you really love God like you say you do. You know, it's easy to say God's good when the stock market's up. God's good when our bank accounts are good. God's good when our health is good. But you know what? God's good even when all those things are not good. Because God's always good. We're like those disciples in that night, in the middle of the dark night. And I'm sure they were scared. And sometimes we get scared with what's going on in our world today. Things that night were looking bad. The wind began to blow. The men are being tested. And what were these men doing? They were rowing. And then they saw Jesus. What a difference the Lord makes. But here's the thing with them. When they looked and saw him, they were fearful. They didn't realize it was him. I mean, let's face it. I don't, I don't read in the Bible anywhere else where they saw Jesus walking on the water. I'm thinking of you and I, we saw something like that. That's never been done before. Oh, it was by Jesus, but you've never seen anybody else do that. 
And you'd imagine them that, that night, in the middle of the night, it's scary. The wind's blowing, the waves are beating against the, the boat, and, and they're rowing for all they can to get across there, and it's dark. And, and all of a sudden, they look and they see somebody. What happens? They're fearful. They realize, they, they realize it was the Lord. And, 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 and so they, they're, they're rowing that, that boat, and, and, and they're, they're afraid, it says in verse number 19. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. I, I'm, I'm thinking this. They, they probably didn't realize it was the Lord because I don't think they're afraid of the Lord. But they were in a situation that was scary, you know, I began to think, you know, we're kind of all in that same boat, aren't we? We're, we're in the boat with, that, of life that sometimes the sea is raging, sometimes the wind is blowing, the waves are beating against us, and it's dark. We wonder what's going to happen. But let me tell you something, the Lord's always there. He's always there. You know, these disciples, but they, what are they doing? They're rowing the boat, even though the wind was blowing, even though the sea was rough, even though it was dark, they kept rowing. And I, and I think about how that uh, they're rowing and, and what happens. If you notice there in verse 19, how far they rowed. So when they had rowed about five and 20 or 30 furlongs. Now, that tells us something very interesting because I began to study a little bit about that. And uh, the Sea of Galilee is about seven and a half miles wide at the point where these men were going to Capernaum. And so the, 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 the 25 to 30 furlongs would mean that they, that, that they were about three and a half miles across. Now, if I did my math right. In pace number 43, it says, that's about halfway. So for them, if they were to be scared and say, I'm going back, they would have three and a half miles to go back if they were halfway, correct? would have at least that. And if they continue on, they have about three and a half miles or so to go forward to get to the other side you know it, they were really if you if you want to say it this way they were at the point of no return it was better for them to go on than to go back may i say this tonight it's better for us to go on than to go back say preacher it's scary sometimes i know our world gets worse and worse but we must go on we must keep on rowing that boat I can see the disciples rowing and rowing, the wind blowing, the waves crashing against the boat. The Bible says in the book of Mark in the story, talking about the same story, the book of Mark chapter 6 verse 48 says, And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. So here it is, it's in the darkest time of the night. It's not just dark, it's the darkest time of the night. And the fourth watch, the Bible says, and the winds are blowing and, and no sign of Jesus until just then. The Lord was not physically there. But the Bible said, as I read there in verse number 48 of, of chapter 6 of Mark, it says, and he saw them toiling. You know, the Lord knew they were toiling before they ever saw him. You know, this is comforting tonight. The Lord knows what we're going through. He knows what's happening in our lives. He knows the burdens. He knows the hardships. He knows. I thought, you know, how wonderful it is that God, you know, sometimes we think, 
Well, we just have to, we have to let the Lord know. The Lord knows. Now, you say, preacher, we're to pray. I understand that. But you understand this? God knows before we even pray. That's how in tune he is to us. And I, and I thought, you know, the Lord was not physically there at first, and, but he knew about their toiling and he's coming out. I believe the reason he was coming out was because they were fearful. I mean, if they're all right, we really wouldn't have had to go out, but he went out there, they were fearful what they needed. But here's the thing about it. Even though they were fearful, they were still rowing. And then they see Jesus not realizing it's him, and they're even more scared. But I find that they just kept on rowing. And I thought, you know, that's a good thing for us to keep doing. Just keep rowing on the sea of life. Just keep rowing on the sea of life. Let me give you a couple things about that here this evening. Number one is this. Just keep rowing in faithfulness. Keep rowing in faithfulness. You know what? There's a great need tonight, and that's for God's people to be faithful. I understand sometimes things happen in our lives. We get sick and... And, uh, man, we're, we're, we're seeing it now. So many folks gotten sick, and a lot of the kids are ill. And, and uh, really pray everybody gets well for next Sunday, amen, for our anniversary Sunday. And then you can all get sick after that. But uh, uh, we want to just get everybody get well and be here. It's going to be a great time. But I think, you know what, we're to, we're, to, we're to learn from this that we need to row in faithfulness. The Bible says in Psalm 12, 12 verse 1, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of God. You know, it's a sad thing when the godly folks cease. You know, I, I'm not too upset when all of a sudden the lost folks and, and the liberals and that, they begin to cease. That's all right. They need to close their mouth. We don't need to hear that stuff. But I believe it's a sad thing when God's people, people who washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, know him as their Savior, they begin to cease. We need some more godly people in America tonight. We need some godly people in our churches tonight that will stand up for what's right and live for God and just keep rolling. Say, preacher, things are difficult. Oh, my. Guess what? They're difficult for everybody. My preacher used to, on his radio, close it. And I know I've told you, but he always closes his radio. Be good to everybody because everybody's having a tough time. Everybody is. You're not the only one. But I got news for you when it's dark. And it seems like you can't keep going. Keep rowing. Why? He's there. He knows. We need to be faithful and keep rowing in faithfulness. It's not time for us to give up. You know, we're going to celebrate 40 years. I was talking with Seth about it. I said, you know, I almost sometimes feel like we're planning for my funeral on next Sunday. Man, he's been here for 40 years, and he's about to drop over dead. I'm planning on this. Just keep on kicking. Amen. I don't kick as high as I used to, but I can still kick, amen. I may not kick you in the teeth, but I'll kick your shins, amen. And uh, I, I may not be able to do some things, but I, I look and I think, you know what? It's not time for us to just lay down and die. I remember Mildred that time on the, in the car, something happened there, and she goes, oh, I think I'm just going to lay down and die. And she was all upset about something. Man, it's not time to lay down and die. It's time for us to keep rowing. You say, but it's dark. Keep rowing. But it's, it, the winds are blowing. You just keep on rowing. We need to keep rowing in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, three words. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. That means keep on praying. I'll preach. I've been praying about this for a long time. Just keep praying. You've got a loved one that's not saved. Just keep on praying. You know, we've been, we've been praying for, for, for uh, uh, Jeff to get saved for a long time. You know what we're going to keep doing? We're going to keep praying. 
Keep praying. You say, well, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. Just keep praying. And uh, I, I think we just need to keep rowing in prayer. It's not time to quit praying. It's not, it's not time uh, uh, to, to, to refrain from praying. It's time for us to keep praying. Pray without ceasing. That's why the Lord said that. Do it, but don't stop. Just don't stop. But preacher, the winds are blowing. Don't keep on praying. Preacher, it's dark. You just keep on praying. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, when things really get bad, all the more we ought to realize we need to pray. Keep rowing in prayer. Third thing, but we're going fast. Keep rowing in service. Keep rowing in service. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, we need to keep rowing in service. Just keep serving the Lord. You know, I, I, just, I just don't like that stuff where people say, well, you know, I've been, I've been doing something for so long. Well, then keep doing things. Well, you know, it's time to let someone else. No, it's not time to let someone else. It's time to have someone else help. It's not time to give up. It's time to continue rowing in service. Some folks ask, you know, say, well, when are you going to retire? And uh, I, I, I don't have any plans to retire, and I really don't. I, I pray, and someone said, well, you know, you ought to go into evangelism. And I said, you know, that way, you know, you, you, get, you get to travel around. I said, I gripe driving home from church 13 miles. <laughs> could imagine being an evangelist. My wife would, she, I know my wife would leave me if I went to evangelism because she couldn't put up with me driving all that way, griping. And uh, I, I, I think, you know, I, I said, oh, and I said, well, wouldn't, that, wouldn't you just enjoy? I said, you know what? I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. It's a joy to serve God. And uh, we just need to keep rowing. But preacher, there's not a lot of folks who like the things that we preach, and they don't, they don't like this old King James Bible. They don't like standards. They don't like uh, 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 straight preaching. That's all right. It's dark, but we can still keep rowing. Keep rowing in service. You know, you say, but preacher, it's dark and scary and I'm tired. Well, I think, I think the disciples were tired too. The Bible said that they were, they were, uh, they were toiling. Then we go back to Mark chapter 6 and verse 48, and he saw them toiling and rowing, rowing. They were toiling. It was hard. Life's hard sometimes. But you keep rowing. You keep rowing. We need to keep rowing in thanksgiving. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also you're called in one body, and be ye thankful. There's a lot to be thankful for. Amen. You say, well, preacher, what in the world be thankful for? Hey, how about our salvation? Isn't it good to know you're saved? You know, thank the Lord for it, that we can know that we're on our way to heaven, to know there's a place. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. He is preparing a place for you and I right now. And one of these days, think about this, one of these days, we will walk into that place that he has prepared for us. That's real. That's real. So what I need to do, I can even start now thanking him for it. Say, how can you thank him for that place called heaven? Because I have that promise of heaven. I can thank him even now. I can thank him for every day that he takes care of me. And he takes care of you too. I thank him for all the things, the blessings he gives us. You know, we bow our heads for prayer for food. You think about it. Just just a little bit. You got something there, you know, and and, and there you bow your head. it's, It's good for us to get in the habit of giving thanks. We need to keep rowing in thankfulness. God's so good to us. He's so good to us. We need to keep rowing in witnessing. In witnessing. Uh, not just in our soul winning times, and I'm, I'm all for that, but I mean other times too that we could witness. 
You know, there's plenty of tracks. I, actually, we ought to keep running out of tracks in the track rack. Because we're getting, now, I'm not talking about putting your glove compartment so you have 50,000 in your glove compartment. I'm talking about handing some tracks out to people, too. Giving them the gospel, sharing with them. You say, preacher, but I don't know. How are you going to know if somebody gets saved? I've handed my track. I may never see them again. It's not about you seeing them again here. It's about seeing them again up there. And out those tracks, I thought, you know, it's time for us to keep witnessing. Let me give you a verse for that. Daniel 12, 3, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And I thank the Lord. I, uh, I'm glad I learned a long time ago when I was just a young, young kid, a uh, young boy, my grandpa took me out soul winning. I didn't know it was called soul winning. He called it calling. He would go and they would, he would go to visit people and invite them to church, but he always would tell folks how to be saved. My grandfather was a great soul winner and told people about Christ. And I'm glad that when I was a teenager, folks took me out and, and trained me and taught me how to be a soul winner and to tell people about the Savior. And uh, I was looking as we're going to celebrate next week, 40 years, the, the New Testament that I had. I remember when we first started the church. I don't know if you, any of you remember, remember Martha Yonke? Mrs. Du- oh, Mrs. W's downstairs. Dan, you remember Martha? She lived across the street from you guys. And uh, Martha Yonke, I, I don't think she was ever, she was never married. I think right across there. And, uh, you know, when you threw eggs at her house that time. <laughs> but uh, but uh, Martha Yonke, she had the gospel bookstore in, on uh, Byron Avenue in Altoona. And uh, I think she went to Evangelical Methodist Church, Andy. Yeah, you, you knew, knew about that. And, and I remember, and, and I told her we were starting a church, and she was excited about it. In those days, it was good to have someone excited about it. And you know what, what, what she did? I, she went and she got me this New Testament and had my name printed on the outside of it. And I have that. That was the first New Testament I had when we started the church. And, uh, it, and, and I'll have it out on a table, have a display of some things uh, from, from the beginning there and, and what's happened in the years. And uh, I looked at that again, and I saw, you know, the, the dates of people who trusted Christ back in 1983. And I thought, you know what, we just need to keep rowing. We just need to keep rowing. There's more people out there that need to be saved. There's so many folks who are lost on their way to hell. We need to keep rowing when wit- and witnessing. We need to keep rowing in the old paths. I preached a lot of times about the old paths. We need to stay on the old path. Now, thank the Lord there's a path somebody else has trod. And so there's a path that we can find in those old paths what we need. We don't need these new guys that come along. We need the old paths. We don't need the new ideas, and we don't need the new Bibles. We need this old King James Bible. Those old paths, we need to keep rowing on those new paths. It's not time for us to change. You say, what preacher, and I know, I know, I've seen through the years people, they, they, want, they want to get the, you know, the, 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 what we call the 7-11 songs where they just sing a chorus over seven words 11 times and then all of a sudden, I think that's, that's really great. And, and, and I think, you know, folks will go, go for something like that. I'm glad for these old, old hymns, amen. Uh, I think about the song we sang this morning, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. And uh, what, a, what a blessing just, just thrills my heart to know that he, that he cares about me. I'm glad for the old paths. I'm glad that I had an old-time preacher when I was growing up that preached the gospel, and he preached the old paths back then. I didn't quite understand it was old paths, but I realized it was. And I'm glad tonight that I still preach with the same old Bible he used to preach from. And, uh, I, and I preach the same gospel he preached, and I preach what that, and I don't preach it because that's what he did. He preached, I preach it because he preached the word of God. The old paths are not popular today, and I'll be honest with you, we find fewer and fewer people on those old paths. 
You say, well, preacher, well, you're old. You need to be on the old path. Let me say this. These front, this front row with these young fellows here, they need to be on the old path too. One of the ways that will help them be on the, road, on the old path and stay on the old path is when they look at the old guy that's been going down the path already. And they look at mom and dad, and don't you dare ever call your parents old, all righty? They are, what did we say that Vernon was? Stricken in age. Remember Rex said that? Stricken in age. Sounds a whole lot better. It'll keep your teeth in your mouth. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we look and we think, I, I look at these young, young fellows here, and I want them to walk the old path. That's why I need to walk the old path, keep it beaten down so they find the way. Don't you go looking. Don't, fellas, I say right now, do not go looking for a new path. You know, if you all of a sudden, when you say, well, you know, I just want to go the contemporary way, we're going to beat you up. We're going to drag you down to that old path and get you back on that old path. Amen. I, I pray that they make a decision even if they haven't yet, and I believe they have. If they haven't yet, even tonight, they'll make the decision. I'm going to keep rowing on the old path. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. You know, we need to continue those things. Remember who taught us those things. You know, I, I'm... I'm not, I'm not looking to be famous, but I hope this someday, when, my, when it is my funeral, wipe that smile off your face. But when it is my funeral, I hope folks will walk by the casket and say, he taught me a lot of stuff from the Word of God. The world may not know me. My name will only be in the paper, and people look and say, How, look at that last name, Biter. Who would have a name like that? I hope that there's some folks that will say, you know what, they taught me something. I don't want to forsake that. I want to keep rowing. I want to keep rowing. And I want to keep rowing in fellowship. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as to see the day approaching. I love church. I said, I said to Seth yesterday, I said, I don't want next Sunday to be about me. I want it to be about the church. He said, well, it's kind of hard for us to separate it because you started the church. You've been pastoring the church all these years. And so I've decided I want it to all be about me. <laughs> I, one of, the, one of the, the, the words that have been through my mind planning for this date is this, to God be the glory. I think, uh, you know, how God blessed my wife and I when we, were, we started the ministry and I was assistant pastor and, and we, had, we had so little. And then we started building up and then we left and started a church and we had so little again. And, uh, but one of, one of, we had a record. They were round, <laughs> like plastic disc records. Got to tell these young yahoos what it is. But we had a record, long play record, you know, the big ones. I remember we had a stereo out there. I bought it for you for, your, for, for when we got engaged. I bought her a stereo. It was probably worth millions of dollars. And, but it was made out, it was, it was beautiful fake wood. It was beautiful, you know, council thing. And uh, I, I bought that for her. We, used to, we had that on our, our screened-in porch in our trailer we lived in. We used to play a record over and over again. It said, we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. You know, we've come this far by faith. We just need to keep going that way by faith, to keep rowing and rowing in the fellowship that we have. I love church. I love to come to church. I'm really bummed this morning 
that so many people were sick. And I didn't like writing the numbers down because I like bigger numbers. But I wasn't bummed because of that. I was bummed because I miss them. I'm so anxious for everybody to get well and everybody to get in church again. I love the fellowship. I'm glad we could be together. What did the disciples do? They just kept rowing. And you know what? We're living in a time that's, I hate to say this, but I don't think it's going to get lighter. I think it's going to get darker. And the winds are going to blow. And they're probably even going to blow harder. I look back at my life and I think, I can't believe what we're seeing now. I remember my preacher warned about some of the things that are happening today. And I thought he was nuts. He didn't know what he was talking about. He was a prophet, really. He was right. He warned about the school system and exactly what's happened. He warned about the sodomites and what was happening in, the, in our society today. He warned about it. And we thought, no, that's never going to happen. It's worse than what he had said. And if this world goes like it has been, it's not going to get better. I don't think we're going to all of a sudden, everything's going to get better and we're going to go into the millennium. I believe it's really going to get bad and the Lord is going to come. We're going to take us, he's going to take us out of here. And it's really going to be rough on folks. I'm glad I'll be out of here. But I know that things will get worse and worse. The, risk, the resistance will be there, sadly. And I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid there's going to be fewer and fewer rowers. I'm tired, preacher. I'm tired of rowing. We've come this far. We've come about three and a half miles across the sea. Why we got just that much more? I'm just so tired now. What good would it have done to stop rowing that halfway across? We've come this far by faith. We must keep rowing till we get to the other side. I like what it says at the end. Did you notice that? Verse 21. Then they willingly received him into the ship. What a difference that makes. And... This is unbelievable. And immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. Those boys were rowing fast. Can you imagine? I mean, immediately. I'm not exactly sure how in the world immediately it meant that. But you know what? They immediately, I believe my Bible, every word. And immediately they got to the land on the other side. So will we, if we just keep rowing, if we just keep rowing. So preacher, things get rough. Let me tell you this. Now close. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Amen. It'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. You said, preacher, these rough times we go through, yes, but you know, just keep rowing. Because remember, it was dark and it was windy, but Jesus knew they were toiling. And he came to them. And they were afraid. But when they realized it was him, oh, what joy. And immediately, they were at the other shore. You know, I, I believe this. We'll look back someday and say, you know, it wasn't that long we were on this old earth. Life on earth was just a breath in the cold air. And you see the vapor of your breath, and then it vanishes away. And we have all eternity to spend in heaven. 
So why can't we just keep rowing till Jesus comes? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for these dear people that are here tonight. Lord, I pray that we'll be a people that will say, you know what, I'll keep rowing. I'll just keep rowing. I don't know the burdens that people may be going through. I don't know the troubles and the trials that folks may have. But I know this, that's what happens in life. But Lord, help us be so determined to keep rowing. Keep going, no matter what. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed here this evening. The thing is, you need to be in the boat to keep rowing. I believe this. You need to be saved, need to be born again. I wonder if there be anyone here tonight say, Preacher, I, I don't even know if, if I'm saved. I, I don't know. There was never a time in my life I accepted Christ as my Savior. Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone tonight? Preacher, I don't even know I'm going to heaven, but that sure sounds good to know that. I'm not sure I'm saved. Christian tonight, has God spoken to your heart? You say, well, you know, Preacher, I'm tired. Well, I'm sure the disciples were tired too, but they kept rowing. You may say, preacher, I'm just scared. I just don't know what's going to happen. I know we don't know what's going to happen, but we know, again, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Let's trust him. He'll see us through. God's brought us 40 years. I believe God will keep us going until he comes for us. That's the plan. Tonight, let's decide to keep rowing. Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray that we'll respond as we should. And Lord, I pray that every one of us tonight would say, I'll keep rowing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Should we stand?